listening to Brunch with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Wednesday morning. Now, let's turn to our next guest and topic of today. In the next 15 minutes or so, we're talking about mental health for women with reproductive health issues here in Hong Kong. Now, a survey done at the University of Hong Kong found that many people in our society still have many misconceptions on the causes of pregnancy loss. And now, to tell us a little bit more about the survey, I'm really delighted to be joined by Celia Chan Hui Yan, a professor from the Department of Social work and social administration at the University of Hong Kong. Welcome to the program, Professor Chan, and thank you so much for joining us today. Good morning, Noreen. It's great to meet you here, and I'd love for our listeners to join us as well on Facebook. We are live this morning on Facebook as well, so you can catch us on Radio 3, and also Noreen Mayer on RTHK Radio 3. This way you'll be able to see and hear Professor Chan. So first of all, tell us a little bit more about your survey results, which was done um, last month uh, to mark uh, Pregnancy Loss Awareness uh, uh, Week as well. Uh, Tell us a little bit more about your survey results. Okay, so thanks for having me today. And uh, actually, miscarriage is um, like considered as one of the most traumatic reproductive health conditions, which will induce intense psychological and social impacts towards the female or even the spouse. So um, in this year's uh, July to September, and we have conducted a survey. We have received over 300 respondents uh, sampled through community network, social medias, or even referral by doctors. And we would like to know more about their mental health literacy and health-seeking behavior for those who got different kinds of reproductive health issues. So without surprise, in this survey, Almost 25% of women experienced miscarriage. This is one of the most significant uh, reproductive conditions they have experienced. Some of them um, experienced infertility, uterine fibrosis, and uh, we will. We have also found uh, whether they have some mental health issues. And in this survey, nearly half of them uh, actually experienced emotional disturbances, and even. Uh, like 36%, they even suffer from two or more mental health conditions, such as anxiety and depression. So it comes to the point that it raised uh, some of uh, our uh, attention that we really need to um, uh, address the mental health concerns of women who experience um, different kind of reproductive health conditions, especially for those who experience miscarriage or recurrent miscarriage. Absolutely. And like you pointed out earlier on, it's very traumatic to experience that pregnancy loss. But along with the other sort of reproductive health challenges, which I feel that society places a lot of the burden and the expectations on the women. And that's not to say Mm. men don't experience these sort of um, uh, uh, grief or loss. But really, when it comes to uh, getting pregnant, a lot of the scrutiny, a lot of the focus is on on the woman and and the woman's ability uh, to, to carry the baby and it's no wonder that these women experience uh, a lot of these symptoms of of depression including grief i want to pick up on a point that you mentioned earlier it is about miscarriages what are some of the attitudes towards miscarriages here here in hong kong you mentioned there are some common misconceptions what are some of them mm-hmm. well actually we have been um, studying the public uh, attitude towards miscarriage together with this survey and we found that there is still some myth and misconception towards people who got pregnancy loss. And um, for the people, for the parents, bereaved parents, 
they always um, share that they um, um, experience social stigma uh, when they go through the pregnancy loss. As um, many people will be very aware of, in Chinese community, we have a lot of superstitious ideas about pregnancy. So, for example, in the first three months, we will not disclose our pregnancy to others because um, actually the, um, the baby is very vulnerable. And actually, right, um, in the first trimester, actually it's not very stable. And maybe with that reason, people tend not to disclose their, their pregnancy to others. And because of this, because of the first trimester instability, and when they go through miscarriage, they will not be able to solicit help from others. And so in psychological term, we will term it as silence loss, or even in a more academic term, it's disenfranchised grief. That means the grief cannot be socially recognized. And because people will feel that, okay, this is not a big deal, and you are still young, you can still have a second chance. So that kind of disenfranchised recognition, and people will feel that, okay, um, uh, you can, you will cope, and this is not something life and death, a serious life-threatening issues. So it comes to the point that the bereaved parents, they will feel very socially isolated. They are depressed because lacking of um, um, social recognition or social support. Absolutely, that they have to deal with this loss. And on top of that, words from other people, which which is very hurtful and it can place even further grief and further stress for them because they are trying to grieve for the loss of their baby. But people are saying, well, don't worry, you can have another one. Yet they're still dealing with the pain of the loss of of, 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 the, of the current one. I, I wanted to share something, you know, during my pregnancy, um, I experienced some complications and I was staying at Queen mm-hmm. Mary Hospital. Now at, at Queen Mary Hospital, they have just a ward of six to eight beds. And as we know that, you know, um, resources are very tight. Um, and so uh, people, uh, medical staff, really try their best to look after everybody's needs. And within that ward, there was me who was experiencing some complications. But thankfully, my baby was safe. And then next to me was another lady who was experiencing a miscarriage and she had so wanted to have a baby and that baby was via IVF and through my conversation with her um, I was able to really sense how how just traumatic it was for her to experience that but on top of that she feared going home to talk to her parents-in-law because she didn't know how to cope with how to tell her husband's parents who so desperately wanted her and her husband to get pregnant and it made me sort of and and talking about this today just made me think of her story that not only did she have to deal with her own sadness and her own grief but she had to deal with her family's disappointment um in that have you heard of that as well professor chan thank you laurie thanks for sharing and i'm fortunate that your baby is is fine and i'm also sorry to hear about the loss of your um, the what made? Yes, yes. Actually, we found a lot of cases in. Um, I also work with uh, people in Creamery Hospital, and actually, it's quite um, sadly to say, it's it's not uncommon to find miscarriage, especially after not not just IVF but also natural conception. And um, so, well, actually, right now we are putting forth some policy advocacy that, for example, people who got miscarriage. Um, they will not be able to to stay in the ward with other pregnant women or those who are waiting for delivery, because they will hear the the heartbeat, right? The the devices of the heartbeat of the pregnant woman, and they feel very 
very sad of hearing that. So right now they are they are being placed in um, gynae ward, mm. so they have more sensitive care. And um, of course, as you mentioned, the the ladies um, who got IVF and um, and also um, uh, uh, pregnant actually they have experienced a lot of hope and disappointment, emotional roller coaster. So it's very traumatic for those who got miscarriage after IVF. And also, as you also mentioned, that family members, especially we will say, um, for grannies, right? They are also some stakeholders of the pregnancy. So we also um, encourage the family members to have some sensitive and um, um, compassionate reactions to to the mother who got pregnancy loss. Actually, we found that some grannies, they are very passion, compassionate and they also feel lost that not just about the baby, they feel lost to the to the mother, to the daughter, that they feel that, okay, it's actually very sad for the daughter to experience pregnancy loss. But also, of course, maybe some so-called traditional grants, they may not be able to offer some, we would so-called compassionate or empathetic response. So we do hope the family members can learn more about how to be more um, sensitive and uh, to be more caring to the bereaved mother. Absolutely, because words really matter. And Professor Chan, I'm so glad that you and your team are sort of advocating for for women who are experiencing pregnancy loss to be in a different ward. Because to add to that story, there was another lady who also experienced a pregnancy loss due to an atopic pregnancy. So the two were able to bond and I was able to see them sort of sharing. But to add to the matter in that ward, right by the window, um, those two beds are earmarked for people going through abortions and so unfortunately during that time of the stay where the two mothers were experiencing their pregnancy loss we also saw that there were people coming in for abortions as well so you can imagine that ward was just not an ideal place and I and I really understand that you know resources are tight but I, I it really was triggering to see you know I can't imagine what what the other mothers were going through mm-hmm. having experienced the loss and having somebody sort of actively through their own choice, um, not wanting their mm-hmm. baby. So you, you're absolutely right to really just offer that safe space for, for, for the protection of the mother's mental health. Yeah, Professor Chen. Mm. But it also depends because for termination of pregnancy, TOP, there are two types. One is um, more medically related. Maybe it's about the birth defect. And maybe the other one is socially related. Maybe we will also find some young mothers. They are not ready to have babies. So either either way, actually, we found those people who have medically or socially induced abortion, they still have some difficulties of like guilt and shame or some other emotional disturbances. But of course, um, they will find that, okay, this is by choice. But actually, deep down in their heart, they may also experience some other emotional struggles, especially years later when they really engage in relationship or they want to have another babies. And maybe this kind of um, um, early experience will affect their emotional experience in the future as well. Yes, absolutely. Sorry, what I meant was through through their own choice, what I meant was they should have the privacy of their own space because because then you've got mothers who actively want babies, but hearing the sounds of... Of a, of, a, of a baby sort of n- not wanted and, and that's sort of very tough but 
you know, it's 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 a public ward, so there are sort of people mm. with, with, yeah. with different needs. Unfortunately, we are very mm. limited. The resources are limited. <laughs> yeah. Um. So. You mentioned a really good point earlier. It's about sort of being more supportive. So what sorts of things can we say to our friends or family who are experiencing that unimaginable loss of their own baby? Um, how can we sort of, you know, say a kind word? What sorts of things should be said and not be said? Um, um, first of all, um, some of the, in our previous survey, um, there are some, we will say, interpretive um condolence expression that people will find very uncomfortable to listen like for example oh time heals all wounds um you're still young you still have a chance to get pregnant again in the future um it's the best way for your child to go because maybe they have some problems and instead of this we will uh promote um some other uh compassionate response like for example i know uh or i understand these uh, days will be um quite difficult for you um, your child is still very much in, in our thoughts. Um, um, it's okay to set during this time. Or maybe I know these, um, past days have been very difficult to you and I'm here. So just listen empathetically to their stories and emotions. Um, uh, sometimes we also encourage to offer uh, practical assistance, such as helping with the daily needs. You know, people still have still some some time to recover their wounds and or even just people the bereaved parents they would just said say uh you can just be quietly there for them uh, as a comforting presence and that will be already good enough absolutely um and it really is about sort of being empathetic to to towards the mother and the father as well because you know sometimes men may not be so good at sort of expressing their emotions and 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 holding in really extending it um meanwhile i really enjoyed talking to you professor chan remind our listeners once again how can we find out more about you and your work have you got a website that our listeners can visit uh, at at the department of social work at hku Mm -hmm. Yes, we do have a new website that just newly launched. Mm -hmm. uh, you can just uh, type in social work department and we will find some hyperlink to um, the perinatal bereavement care project. And um, for this link, you can find um, detailed information of how to support people with pregnancy loss or even, unfortunately, you are going through pregnancy loss. You can go through the website with some uh, practical and um, tangible, tangible or intangible resources that can provide you with emotional support. And that's really good that you've got a platform for this because a lot of the times when you are at this loss, there are so many different departments and different various channels that you yeah. have to go through. So it's important that you have just a, a, a platform where people can find out all the relevant information. It really puts their mind at ease. Yes, the website is actually designed by artists. So it's a very therapeutic um, journey of the website. We hope the people like when they're staying in the ward uh, without any visitors, they can also uh, read through the website with their uh, mobile device and have some therapeutic messages that can help them to go through the acute phase of loss. Absolutely. Well, meanwhile, thank you so much to you, Professor Chan. Uh, Celia Chan Huyen, a professor from the Department of Social Work and Social Administration at the University of Hong Kong. Thank you very much indeed for your time. Thank you, Laurie.